ED Radio Podcast, talking men's health, talking sexual health, talking mental health. So today we're going to be talking about allowing ourselves to be vulnerable because I think it's important when dealing with issues such as erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, things of that nature, and getting help. So, you know, I associate allowing ourselves to be vulnerable with having the courage to seek help for issues like ED because it often, if not always, requires at some point us to speak up about it and then have that conversation with a doctor. Could be telehealth, but could be most likely face-to-face, you know, and that takes courage. Um, Or just having the, you know, the courage to reach out to a sex therapist, maybe after seeing the primary care physician or urologist. Mark, is it accurate that it takes courage to kind of initiate these discussions? Yeah, I mean, I I don't think you can overemphasize, um, you know, the role of of courage uh, in reaching out for help. Nobody likes to feel helpless. Nobody likes to feel like they have a problem that they can't solve. When it comes to you know, something as um, important, meaningful, um, and sensitive as erection, sexual function, virility, and whatnot, it's a very difficult place uh, to have to reach out for help for. So I think many men in particular struggle with this because of the implications of their uh, masculinity. Um... And uh, the idea of going face to face and talking to somebody about this is hard. Now, on the medical side, it certainly is, is challenging, um, but very often it is a uh, brief appointment and you're in, you're out, and you get a refill for medication. I, I do think it takes a, an added, le- added level or layer of courage to go talk to a sex therapist um, about this. It's usually far more exposing. It's a slower process, far more intimate uh, in terms of the details that are being shared and what's being spoken about. So I do think that it takes a a real level of courage. And Mark, I want to ask you as men, you know, why do you think so many of us have a hard time with allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and, and reach out to help? So there's a number of ways to look at this. I, I think that we have equated vulnerability with weakness. Um, and I think vulnerability, I, I think it's actually a strength. Um, our ability to be vulnerable, to um, acknowledge and admit when something is difficult, overwhelming, challenging, um, when something is impacting our feelings, when we're feeling afraid, feeling scared, feeling weak. Many men code this as well, if I share with you my vulnerability, I will be exposed. I will be uh, in a weakened position. Somebody will take advantage of me. So better to suffer in silence and give a facade that everything is okay than reach out for help. I'm better protected that way. Nobody can manipulate me. Nobody can get to me. And I think that that's a big driver um, of what you know causes, again, many men to just not put themselves into that vulnerable position. 
I know you can only speak on the sex therapy side of things, um, so we won't delve into some of the physical issues with not speaking up about having or potentially having a condition. Um, but with the men you work with in sex therapy who are dealing with psychogenic, mental-based erectile dysfunction, for the most part, do you hear from them that they wish they had spoke up sooner or allowed themselves to get help sooner? Is this a common thing you hear? I would say it's probably the most common thing that I hear. Um, it, it's a very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable. It's very vulnerable to reach out for help. So I have heard from a number of men that I work with that they uh, received my number, they received my contact, my email. And they sat on it for six months, for nine months, until it got to a point where they just felt like they, they, they couldn't not reach out. But it took hitting a breaking point to be able to do that. Um, so I hear that a lot. I know that people listen to this podcast and some people that I end up working with will listen to this podcast for months and months and months on end before they reach out, before they're feeling like they're in a position where they have to make that move. Once people come and they talk with me, once people talk with a therapist, I think they get to get a sense of what the process is like. They get a sense that this is, um, it's safe, it's supportive, um, this is a normal part of life, and it's resolvable. Um, and then that's usually when I hear, like, I can't believe I didn't do this sooner. Um, because I do believe that the sooner you tackle this issue the quicker it will resolve and the easier it is to get a maintenance plan into place and to keep things moving along uh, in the direction that people want for longer periods of time. Totally. And I have, in an administrative role, worked in patient education for a long time, and I do have a passion for reliable patient education in this space. Um, so I do want to get your opinion on some of the education that's out there on these issues. You know, is, is staying educated on these topics by reading articles um, from certified sex therapists or, or even listening to podcasts like this and YouTube videos um, where someone like yourself interviews someone like a board certified urologist. Is that a good starting place um, and to take that question a step further, do you think, you know, it's enough? Do you think that men kind of need to, you know, maybe educate themselves on a surface level and then it's maybe time to actually take the next step, which is talking to so, someone? So this is a great question. And I think my thinking on this has changed over time and it's evolved a little bit. I think there are going to be some men out there that can sort through the tremendous amount of information that's available online um, and they will be able to work towards resolving um, their ED just based on the information that they find. Unfortunately, I think for the overall majority of people, um, the more information they consume from even from some reliable sources, it tends to be anxiety inducing. Um, because it's hard to sort through what actually applies specifically to this person's situation. It's complex. The brain is complex. Sexual function is complex. So there's a lot of things out there that are accurate 
for a given situation or a given person. And I think the challenge is not so much in finding the accurate information, but it's becoming in how to apply which of the accurate information is the best fit. So I do think that we are getting to a point where it is um, a bit of information overload from good information, good sources, um, that it's just very difficult to get that information as tailored as we like. I know that we try on this podcast to talk about anecdotes to you know get people in that direction. However, I do believe that if somebody really wants to um, accurately understand themselves, understand their unique components that are going to contribute to their long-term sexual health and wellness, I do think speaking with somebody, um, even if it's on a consultation basis, even if it's uh, brief, I think that could actually make a very big difference, even in just what information should I be consuming, what is likely a contributing factor for me, where do my sensitivities lie, where is this likely to express itself for me down the road based on me, based on my life experience, based on my profile. So I think an article or even a podcast is limited in terms of how tailored things can get. Um, and I think that that for those reasons, people who are at a stage where they want to really resolve this, I think it's good to start there. But if you're finding information overload, even if it's good information, it probably is in your best interest to find a therapist and to at least have a session or two uh, to kind of talk through your situation. Mark Goldberg has been who you've been listening to today. Um, you know, we've been discussing sexual health and allowing ourselves to be vulnerable on today's episode of the Erectile Dysfunction Radio Podcast. Mark, I am going to give you the microphone for the final word here. Do you have anything else you want to add to the conversation? So I would just say it's totally normal, totally understandable to not reach out. I understand that that's the gut reaction um, to going through these experiences of sexual function challenges. Um, we all want to just sweep it under the rug, um, hope that it gets better over time. And you know, for some of us, that might be the case. But I think for many people, um, the longer you do that, uh, the more difficult this becomes and the more vulnerable you will end up having to be. Um, there is a real strength in being able to talk to somebody about this. That doesn't make it easy necessarily. It's a tough, um, I think it's a tough process to initiate. Um, many men, though, do find it to be uh, way easier than they thought it would be um, to be able to talk about these things. And they're developing a skill they can bring back to their relationships. They can take that vulnerability that they do um, that they that they exercise and develop with a therapist and be able to bring that back into their relationships and it's a much broader skill and this is why I emphasize that um, as amazing as the medical in interventions are that are out there none of those are going to help you talk to a partner none of those are going to help broadly uh, to improve uh, sexual engagement to improve relationship engagement and I think that um, taking that step to be vulnerable with a therapist could be a game changer that I have seen uh, very few men who take that step actually regret. Mm -hmm.